Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbiji this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS, or call 01293-885-000 for more information, or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. If God's been good to you, shout hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the God that I serve, he's amazing. He's incredible. And you won't find nobody like my God. God bless you. God God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, they finish. It's my turn. You know what I mean? Why have they stopped now? I wanted to show Cliff and Marie I can also sing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you enjoy that? There's more to come. Amen. I said there's more to come. Well, you're welcome to day two, the last day of Covenant 2018. It's a joy and a privilege to welcome all of you into the presence of the Lord. Without a doubt, your life will never be the same again. Oh, I didn't hear a response. I said, without a doubt, your lives will never remain the same again. Oh, let me hear a good amen. Because tonight, God is about to meet you at the point of your need. Amen. Well, we are just about to get into the service, but before we do that, I want us to pray. Amen. Uh, So please turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 2. Ezekiel, for your information, is in the Old Testament. The book of Ezekiel, chapter 2, verse 2. Are you there? I read, it says, And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. Amen? Amen. The sp- and the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me. So that means behind the word, the spirit of God is behind the word. Amen? Amen? And tonight, as the word comes, the spirit of God is going to enter into you. Amen. And the end result of the spirit entering into you, it says, And he set me upon my feet. So that means every crippling effect 
will be raised up tonight. Oh, let me hear a good amen. And when you rise up, God will speak to you. God will speak to that situation. God is going to speak into this community. God is going to speak into this church. God is going to speak into this nation. And our lives will never be the same again. Are you ready? So why don't we just rise up on our feet. And just open your mouth and cry out unto God. Desire the outflow, outpouring of the spirit of God. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Pray that the word that God has destined for you, you will receive it tonight. You will receive that word tonight. You will receive that word tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. An outpouring of his spirit. An outpouring of his presence. An outpouring of his power. An outpouring of his glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father pour unto us. The full measure. The full measure. The full measure of your spirit. The full measure of your grace. The full measure. Nothing wanting. Nothing missing. Let the sick be healed. Let the sick be healed. Let your glory show for tonight. Let us experience your glory on another level, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, cry out unto God. It's a new day. It's a new season. God is changing our levels. God is changing our levels. God is changing our levels. He's taking us from glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. Lord, show us your glory tonight. Show us your glory in this ministry. Show us your glory in this community. Show us your glory in this county. Show us your glory in this nation. Show us your glory. Oh, Father, open the heavens upon this place tonight. Let us connect with heaven tonight. Let angels descend and ascend. Let angels descend and ascend in the mighty name of Jesus. Saints, cry out unto God. Open your mouth and cry out. It's our time of visitation. It's our time of visitation. It's our time of visitation. It's our season of upliftment. It's a time to walk in dominion. Cry out unto him. Cry out unto him. As the covenant keeping God to show up in our midst tonight. To show up in our midst tonight. To show up in our midst tonight. Oh, we thank you. We thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your glory. Do a new thing, oh God. Do a new thing, oh God. Do a new thing, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, pour yourself into us. Pour yourself into us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let every word destined for every individual in this place come alive. Come alive. No hindrances. No blockade. 
in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus we thank you we give you praise in Jesus name and amen and amen let's give Jesus some praise oh come on let's do it better let's give Jesus the highest praise let's give the king of glory the highest praise the highest praise the highest praise this is not a mortuary this is a sanctuary this is not a mortuary this is a sanctuary this is a place of God this is the house of God come on let's give him praise let's give him praise hallelujah hallelujah well are you ready are you ready tonight with Jesus joy all the way from Lagos Nigeria you didn't hear me all the way from Lagos Nigeria from the fountain of life church international one of the most exciting churches on the surface of the earth one of the best places to be on the earth apart from solution chapel international help me welcome for the first time to solution chapel international and to covenant 2018 god's servant pastor Hallelujah. Wow. With that kind of staring, you begin to wonder, where do I jump in? Somebody shout, Hallelujah. It's quite exciting to be here. Very, very exciting to be here. And uh, standing here for the first time, I know is a collision with destiny. In the name of Jesus. I do, I do, I do. There are certain things you just know because there's a witness in your spirit, man. There is something unusual about this couple and about this church. And I'm just so grateful to God. You know, the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered. So sometimes it will just look like, I just went there. No, you didn't just go there. God ordered it. And because God ordered it, then the results will be godly. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we're expecting some great things tonight. And, and thereafter, in the name of Jesus. Uh, help me celebrate this man and this woman. <laughs> the very reverend Adama. And uh, Zama uh, Sebeji. Um, uh, when I heard him talking, I said to my wife, I said, I don't know this guy talks like this. He's very quiet. Even in his ministrations, he kind of picked his words and he goes quietly. And I've been praying to God, I said, please keep me quiet here today. 
Yes, and doing a solid work. I mean, you see, the authenticity of what they're doing is clear. You smell it from a distance. And the Lord will reward all your efforts in Jesus' name. Quietly, quietly, but confidently, you're making it and you're progressing. And the only scripture that comes really to mind is he who has started this good work, or, or rather being confident, that he who has started this good work will himself perfect it. Even until the coming of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. I want to say thank you very much for bringing us. Come on, let's go see. Church, you know what? The kind of hospitality here. Ooh. I was I said, Holy Ghost, just, just keep it aside. Let me finish preaching. <laughs> We've been enjoying ourselves. I mean, help us say thank you to them and to the entire church. It's a good holiday for us here. Just today has been amazing. She wants to say something. <laughs> Hallelujah. He always risks it. He knows I like to talk. So I don't know why he gives me a mic. But I will not talk much. I greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to talk long. So it's better they stand. <laughs> uh, I just praise God uh, that I'm here today with my husband. You see, that's what I'm saying. There's a long, long list of things to say. Pastor Zama and I, oh, good to see you, ma. <laughs> we, we've known each other since we were single ladies. And what you see here today is what God, it's what God said. In fact, I was reading the Bible and you all know the, the scripture. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. What you see today is what God said what you see in, the, in Zama's life, in my life. Because if we sit down to tell you how God has seen us through, you will be amazed. I love the fact that God's world will never pass away. The, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. There's a word for you here tonight. And whatever God, whatever word God speaks to you, please hold on to it. Because it has to pass away. It has, to, it has to come to pass. It will not go back to him void. It will come to pass in Jesus' name. And I end there. <laughs> I did well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, you may be seated, except by choice. If you're going to stand up, let it be by choice. Amen. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you for this precious moment of fellowshipping with you and with one another. We know that we'll live here differently, improved, healed, encouraged, blessed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now with, um, with these ministers of God that sang here, you know, and with the choir, uh, let me just make a good a good sound, a good noise unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible says, or rather, from what we've learned from our Christian traditions, and of course from the Bible, if there's a language that is common to all on earth and in heaven, is hallelujah. You know, some, I read some, something somewhere. This guy said he was on a cruise. And um, in the 
evening, he would get out to the deck. And very early in the morning, he would get out to the deck. And he realized the couple next to him, who sometimes do the same. Then one day, uh, I guess he was a little louder than normal in his um, meditation. Then he went singing hallelujah. And then the couple turned. And that was the introduction. The couple and this one happened to be brothers. You say, what do you mean? Christians. So hallelujah introduced them. Hallelujah is a, it's not just universal. It's eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Through, through a Christian anywhere, if all, if just to appreciate what God is doing, if he says hallelujah, if there are Christians there, they will respond. It's just the way it is. And so I say hallelujah. Uh-huh. So I want to sing a song. Because I have a song, hallelujah. It's a common song. But you see, it gets me queued up for the message all the time. And by the way, you're going to hear me preach the same message I preached before. Because this is a covenant conference. And it's something that I've been meditating on for a long time. Actually, I'm still trying to get all that is involved here. But it's getting better by the day with me. As a matter of fact, I've preached it five times in the past, since the last time I preached it there. I preached it five times thereafter. And uh, it's getting better. <clears throat> How? Can I just have it? So that I don't go too off. Where's the keyboard list? Oh, thank you, sir. I'm sure I'll pick anything you give me. Yeah. It says, my hallelujah belongs to my hallelujah belongs to you my hallelujah belongs to you my hallelujah belongs to you. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. All of the glory All of the glory belongs to you. All of the glory belongs to you. All of the glory belongs. You deserve it. 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 
You deserve it. You deserve it. All hallelujah belongs to me. My hallelujah belongs to Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You may be seated. Amen. Can we talk covenant tonight? God help us in Jesus' name. You know, why it's coming, I remember a scripture, Daniel eleven thirty two 32b. said, they that know their God, yeah, will be strong, yeah, and they will what? Do exploits. And you see, the Bible will never lie. They that know their God will be strong and will do exploit. Daniel eleven thirty two. Let me open to it quickly. Uh, you'd be amazed that Daniel is referring to the covenant there. Oh yeah, there's a covenant. The first part of that scripture says, "Those who do wickedly." against the covenant he shall corrupt that is the devil will corrupt the man of corruption will corrupt with flattery but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits I thoroughly I mean on this for a while when he says no what does that mean and really, if I know God, how do I know him? Yeah. Uh, this knowing uh, is a covenant thing. I believe that this knowing is kind of knowing uh, in earthly parlance, the way I know my wife, the way she knows me. Which, of course, the Bible differentiates too. You discover that the Bible will say that Abraham... And Abraham knew his wife. And if, he, if the woman was not his wife, we say, and Abraham went into. Or Abraham slept with. But knowing is a covenant thing. Uh, it's, I'm trying, Holy Ghost, help me to explain it. It's a binding thing. It's a committing thing. This, those who know their God, of course, will be strong. Well, let's leave that. Another scripture that really, really came to mind, why, why it's coming, uh, was um, Paul saying in Ephesians 1, I think 15, yeah, said, and, and, and I, since the day, or rather, and since the day we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for the brethren, we cease not, or rather, I cease not. To give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that God will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, okay, in the knowledge, we're back to knowing, in the knowledge of Him, right? And that um, uh, the eyes of your understanding will be flooded with light. 
is still buttressing the knowing. And why will all this happen? Say so that you may know. And what would you know? The first thing, the purpose. So if you don't know the if we don't know the purpose of our garden, of course, failure is imminent. That means that we've already failed before starting. Uh, there was a, a, a fellowship a meeting back at home. Uh, at the time, they said to me, they said, we'd like to be the president or the national chairman. I said, what are the terms? They couldn't define the terms. I rejected it. They put pressure and pressure and pressure. Then one of the fathers called me and said, what's your problem? I said, sir, I really don't have a problem. But I see failure before starting. When you don't tell me what I'm to deal with, then how can I succeed? If I don't have a good knowledge of what I'm dealing with, how can I ever hope to make it? So I believe that for most of us Christians, I think knowledge is our problem. Yeah. And if Paul would take it seriously to pray for knowledge for the young Christians, then so I believe strongly that the few minutes we're going to stay together, something will be imparted in the name of Jesus. Having said that, then let me go to the main scripture on the use today, but I'll keep on referring to this from time to time. Is that okay? Good. If I'm too fast, try and slow me down. I can get excited very easily. When I get excited, I start jumping all over the place. Amen. But I watched his video, so I'll try to go very quietly by God's grace. Amen. Um, I found too that at the center of it all, is you that I see. Is you that I see. I want to ask a question now. Is there anybody here who is not born again? You are not sure that you are born again. It's okay. You are free to say yes. And I won't put any pressure on you. I just want to know. If you're not born again, can you just, I just want to know. Okay. Praise God. So I can just talk. All right. Romans chapter 5. I'll read from verse 12, but my main scripture is verse 17. We want to talk covenant by the grace of God. Romans chapter 12 from verse, chapter 5 from verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. 
But the free gift is not like the offense. For, by, and for if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. 16. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to stop. My emphasis will be on this uh, verse 17. Um, because we're all Christians, can I talk, about, talk on our conviction? Yeah. Then we'll talk on our mission by the grace of God. And then, of course, what our vocations should be. Conviction. One man created a problem. And the whole world is suffering for it. Now, why should that be? God's wisdom. There was no man to question him. That was how he decided to do it. He is the beginning of all beginnings himself. So that was what he decided to do. So he created man. And that man had so much authority. That man's action will determine what will happen to the rest of eternity. Hello? Please permit me to go strictly by this today. For if I'm glad you heard I'm a Nigerian. I'm not, I'm not an English man, but I I'll try as much to express myself in as much of English that I can put across. For if, for us to have the if there, that means that something has been settled before in this argument. That's why if you read from verse 1, chapter 1, then you get it clearly. But the argument has been that, look, one man caused a problem. One man redeemed it. Period. And I haven't settled that. And I said, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace. Now, where does this link up with covenant? I know there's a theology that is very strong back in Africa. And that they call it generational curses. Yeah. And people will come to preach to you and to teach you that something that your great-great-grandfather did is the reason for what you are suffering today. Some truth about it. If this is true. But where I normally struggle with them is what of the cross? Because what you are saying, if what you are saying is true and you are talking to Christians, then I think there should be a caveat. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, don't doubt the fact that whatever that man created uh, could be happening, affecting everybody. Yeah, that's true. But the day you gave your life to Jesus, then this one says something else takes over. Yeah? So if I stay here the whole of this evening and preach generational curses, generational curses, and then call for deliverance, and come tomorrow and preach it again, then I'm saying that what I preached yesterday is of no effect. No, come on, help me. Because if what I preach is the truth, that Jesus has delivered you and there was deliverance, then from that moment, you are no more under the effect of the curse. Yes, yeah, but it's true. No, but it's true. So don't tell me that because my great-grandfather suffered as this, so I should walk the rest of my life anticipating the same suffering. No. 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 So what am I saying? The first thing you observe here is the concept of federal headship. One man creating problems. Another man canceling it and setting another tone. Praise the Lord. Now, this particular one or concept is the core of the covenant. At least God's covenant with man. Because no matter how much you want to explain the covenant you have with God, if it does not flow with this, We're in the car coming and we're looking at, we're just talking generally. Please permit me to say this, and I mean it in good faith. You know the difference between the Christians of today? I mean Christians, not nominal. Christians, practicing. Okay. Nominal and practicing. Oh. The Christian, the Muslim, and the, the Jews. You know the difference? The Jews understand the covenant. To the extent that they have believed it. The Muslims understand the covenant. To the extent that they have believed it. Now, what does the Christian believe? So, an understanding of the covenant is very, very important. So what's the covenant? Do you know that your healing is a covenant matter? Your healing is a covenant matter. Your prosperity is a covenant matter. Yes. It is a covenant matter. The peace in your marriage is a covenant matter. It is. These were all the things that have been settled by the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ at the initiation of the new covenant, which you and I so I can claim Christianity all I want if I don't understand the basics of the new covenant. I'm only wasting my time. Praise the Lord. I believe strongly 
in the name of Jesus that this conference will not leave you where it has met you. In the name of Jesus. Do you know that with every new revelation, it's a new beginning? But it's true. It's true. Okay. So at the core of God's covenant with man is this concept. So let's define covenant quickly. It's a binding relationship. It's a relationship. It's a binding one. So I can go. I can have good speed. Please, I'm happy you've received me. So I am free. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's a binding relationship between two or more people defined by promises, privileges, and responsibilities. Let me just shorten it. So in other words, the day we decided to get into this covenant, she came forward and I came forward with me and all that I am. Yeah? Okay, maybe with me and all that I was because I've improved since then. Because I've gained from this covenant tremendously. Hallelujah. And she came with all that she was. So what's a covenant? You come to the table with your strengths and your weaknesses. And why will you enter into a covenant with someone? Usually, I'm talking covenant generally now. Why do you get into a covenant? Because there's something that you see there that you desire that you don't have. And so you come and it comes and to get into covenant is to give you access. Yeah. To his strength, to his status, to his privileges, and of course, to his weaknesses, even when not clearly stated. Because your covenant partner <laughs> is very much you. That's why he's binding. Having said that, you know, we're talking God here. Then let me establish quickly that God, as we've come to know him, through the volumes of this book and by his spirit is a covenant making and covenant keeping God. You can't relate with him outside the covenant. I can't. In fact, he will not relate with me or you outside the covenant. That's just the way it is. That's why you hear, he, the, you hear him in the Bible say things like, Abraham, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say, I'm, I will make a covenant with you. Yeah. Because that's who he is. He's a highly rational God. And uh, that's the only way he does it with man. So I looked at, who is this God? The creator. The all-powerful. The all wise God. 
the greatest of the greatest. Okay. So we're now saying that this title and this almighty God are coming to a covenant relationship. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. From the definition we just heard, covenant is a bilateral thing. Yeah. But when it comes to God, it is unilateral. I don't decide I want to enter into covenant with him. He initiates it. Because what we have with him, he initiated it. Come on, Ephesians chapter 2. Romans, while we were yet sinners, dead in our sins, while we were helpless and enemies, he demonstrated his love. Sending his son to die. So he wooed me by his love. So he initiated it. So that's unilateral. And apart from that, it's highly condescending. I mean, come on. God to me. Only God will do that. And what, does, what has that done to me? It has elevated me. Yeah, that's what covenant does. So that means that the battle that normally I will lose from the moment I get into a covenant with him. Because when you take me on, you take us on. Because we're in a covenant. That's covenant. That's covenant. Really, that's covenant. See, sincerely, everything is... Look, I was sitting with um, some of my mentors and fathers. And I watched them. Some of them I actually never met, but I follow them. Those I met, I ask questions. And my questions are always the same. I said, can you let me to your knowledge of the covenant? I remember I did that with Jack Hayford many years ago. I did that with Reverend Yeh, the boy. That is you. I did that with Bishop Edepo. Bishop Mike Okonko. When Mr. Tabe came, I said, why can we talk covenant? That man has something. He just, it's just, and I just want to hear, I just want to hear them. Their understanding of the covenant. Remember when I asked um, Daddy Gio, who was sitting for five of us, and I said, I have a question. I said, what's it? I said, you have an unusual insight into the covenant. Can you share? He laughed. He said, hey, 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 hey. Uh, Then I knew I hit it. I got it. I listened to him very well. And uh, it has paid off by the grace of God. Okay, so where am I? So God will not <coughs> deal with man except in a covenant relationship. And you know, covenant is very binding. And that's why when it comes to God, he's ever faithful. <laughs> if there's a problem in my relationship with God, it's never a God problem. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just my own problem. Yeah. And I, I mean, I should be humble enough to accept. First to know and to accept. So that I can at least get corrected and enjoy the rest of my life. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Psalm 89, 34, you hear the psalmist saying, I'm God in the prophecy, talking about covenant with David. says, my covenant will I not break? That's God and covenant. Nor alter the things that have gone out of my mouth. 
one, one other part of the Bible said, look, if the covenant I have with the sun and the moon can be broken, that's the only time I'll break my covenant with you. It, again, talking to David. So you can see how, uh, uh, I mean, God's attitude towards the covenant is a covenant keeping God. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I say praise the Lord. So having said that, can I just quickly address this further headship a little bit? Now, the whole of the Old Testament, the Chronicles of the Kings, or in the Book of Kings, the king was all. You remember when, Dan, oh, sorry, when David fell into the scene with Bathsheba, and that scene of, uh, the Bible opened and said, the season when kings went to war, and he didn't go to war. Uh -huh, so yeah, he had problems. So it was kings that led the war in those days. Um, why? Because they were the head of the group. And in any war, if the king was captured, the war was ended. Because every other, every subject of that king becomes slave. And that was exactly what David did. I mean, what Goliath did in the battle with the Philistines. Because that would be the best example of what I'm trying to explain. David didn't qualify. Remember the story in 1 Samuel 17? Yeah? Yeah. If I'm dragging, just say, smile. So I'll quicken. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They said, King, I mean, David uh, didn't qualify. He wasn't qualified. It was, it was only good enough to be at home, keeping the sheep. Not qualified, not old enough, not matured enough to go to, the, to battle. All his brothers were there, elder brothers. So daddy now we want to know, hey, David, want to know about his son. Say, David, why don't you take this you know, stuff over and check on the welfare? And so David landed at the front. And getting in there that day, Goliath was coming to brag. And he'd been bragging for 40 days. With no response. From the other side. I don't know what has been bragging at you. I stand in, uh, in all humility, but very confident of the power in the blood of the sacrifice and in the name of Jesus. Solutions begin today. In the name of Jesus. You say, why are you so sure? It's a matter of knowledge. It's a matter of knowledge. Knowledge of the covenant. Yep. So, Goliath came bragging. He's been bragging for 40 days and 40 nights. So he came bragging that day. Look, you give me a champion. And I, the champion of the Philistines, just give me one champion from amongst you. If your champion kills me, then we'll become your slave. But if I kill your champion, and every time he came out to brag, <laughs> every soldier would take to flight, including King Saul. And he will go further to defy the God of Israel. Yeah. If your God cannot defend you, what are you doing following him? Why are you fighting for your God? 
Can't you God fight? After all, in the covenant in covenant terms, you say, Look, I will fight your battles, you will hold your peace. That's covenant. It's a matter of knowledge. It's knowledge. It is knowledge. Praise the Lord. So David heard. And he stopped. And he looked. Then he asked questions. What will happen to the man that fights him? At that point, his elder brother came out. I'm explaining the concept of the further headship. David was trying to answer to the question, who is your head? When King Saul himself will not come out. And every time the devil comes tormenting you, he's asking you a question. Who is your head? They say, why are you saying that? Even when God said, this is my, not, not even this is my beloved son, one of the three synoptic gospels says, you are my beloved son, the woman were pleased. I mean directly to him. And then immediately he was led into the wilderness. Guess what? He said, if you are, it's a challenge, it's an affront to the very affirmation that took place. And Jesus made it clear, if you not tempt the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So not you. It's God. Anyway, let me come back to this. So David, while he was saying that, was a lab that came out. He said, what are you doing here? I do, you do everything to just try to see. Just want to be part of nosy. Nosy David. I knew it. Do you know how he answered? He said, is there no reason? If you had answered that call, will I be coming to ask questions? But the problem is this. David knew God as covenant-keeping God. The king didn't know. Or he knew, but he wasn't so sure. But David knew. It's a matter of knowledge. Uh, it's not how old a Christian you are. It's how much knowledge of this word you have. And when we say knowledge, experiential. That's the knowing. So is there not a cause? Then he turned away. And that's from somebody else. Isn't that the way we should handle matters? When the devil is coming with so much troubles and we are getting distracted, just turn away. Rather than get affected, turn to a place where you can get it. I'll come back to that. Because you can always choose your company. At any time. Yeah, you can. You don't need to be quarrelsome. But you can choose your company at any time. Knowing fully well that the company you keep will determine how you come, I mean, <laughs> how you come out. Because he who works with the wise will be wise. But the company of fools 
at that point, permit me to say, David thought, nah, it would be foolish of me standing here and again. That's an urgent matter to attend to. Excuse me. Then he asked from somebody else. It's not a matter of who wins the argument. It's who answers the question. You know, the long and short of the story was that he was taken to the king's hall. Then he asked the question, whose son are you? Your servant, uh, your servant, J.C., the Bethlehemite. Okay. I keep my father's sheep. But hey, young man, you are not able to fight this man. He's been a warrior all his life. Or he's been a warrior since his youth. Let me quote exactly. But you are just a youth. But the king was contradicting himself. How can you say he's been a warrior since his youth? And you are saying, because I'm a youth, I can't go. I can as well begin from now. It's a matter of covenant. So he said to the king, he said, your servant keeps his father's flock and the bear will come to pick a kid and pick a kid rather and the servant will go after it and cut up with it and no, smut them out, smut them out, get out the kid from the, between the jaws of the bear, between the jaws of the lion. So here sir, you are watching someone who has gone in between the jaws of the lion to save a kid and kill the lion. He's gone between the jaws of the bear, save a kid and kill the bear. Hey sir, the God that kept me then, covenant and keeping God, <laughs> will keep me here. Uh, and he said to them, said, this is an uncircumcised Philistine. This one is, doesn't have a covenant. It was a covenant matter. You know, we were praying online two days ago. And uh, when they heard my voice online from home, ah, you there, I said, yeah, okay, close. Psalm 23, verse 6, oh, verse 6. Oh, Holy Ghost said, that's covenant you're dealing with. I said, okay. How come every part of the Bible, he said, but it's covenant. Every part is covenant. It is. And what does he say? Surely. Why will he say surely? Because it's covenant. Uh, yeah. Surely. <laughs> Goodness. And what? Mercy. What is mercy? Just said. Covenant love. Surely. Goodness and covenant love will follow me all the day. But if you don't know, you just say, surely, goodness and mercy. Uh, <laughs> so you could, so now you can see the attitude and the manner of speech of someone with knowledge. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow all the days. Why? Because God will keep his covenant. The God we serve, we keep his covenant. Amen. Yes. He will. And so the rest of the story, he rushed in there. I normally want to turn to this. First Samuel 17. Praise the Lord. 
Remember, we just kind of want to just talk about our conviction. Why are we Christians? For the sake of it? No, we know something. We are living the life. We are Christians. And so we show the results of being Christians. Yeah. It's not so much what I am able to do. My intelligence, my ability, my agility. <laughs> no. But by his grace, able to know that he will do what he says he will do. Yes. And he will do it when he will do it. Amen. And usually when he's needed. Praise the Lord. Amen. We give him praise. First Samuel chapter 17. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, by the way, what's, what's the title of the message? I normally don't remember to give it. You are a king. That's the title. You are a king. And I'm not just trying to make you happy. This is the truth. I've come to understand that. And let me answer some questions up front. If we are all kings, who are the subjects? Because God will never do anything without purpose. Your purpose, in your purpose, in the area of your assignment, you are the king. And no two assignments are exactly the same. As a matter of fact, many years ago, when I was start to pastor a church, which I didn't want to do, I sincerely didn't want to do it. And I now realize that it was um, not only selfish of me, I was ignorant of many things. But God, God got me to do it. And it made something clear to me. See, anytime you hold the mic, please always remember, you're talking to my children. You are talking to leaders. Will everybody lead? Of course, why won't they lead? You lead where you serve. That's why leadership is service. So the leading company, the leading soap manufacturing company, is leading because he's serving many more people than any other company, period. So we're all leaders. So I say, when you stand, always remember you are talking to leaders. I say, yes, sir. He said, and you are a leader. I say, okay, I feel good. Because it takes leaders to bring out leadership out of people. Aren't you being prideful calling yourself a leader? God made a leader. Why should I deny myself? God made a leader. I'm a leader. Where? In my place of assignment. What in other people's places of assignment? Oh, they are the leaders. I go. I follow them. Because they are leaders in their areas of assignment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for the age of um, doing things yourself. No matter how good you are, when you want to cut your hair, you go to a barber. So he's the leader. And they say, sit down and turn your head this way. <laughs> Except to learn how to sew. They will make your clothes for you. The experts in the area. They are the leaders. So you are talking to leaders. It's a covenant 
principle to know that every man you meet is a, is a child of God. The difference between those who know and those who don't know, I mean, the difference in, uh, in the way they are manifesting is knowledge. Some know, some don't know. And so let's read uh, First Samuel 17. Sorry. Please, when am I to stop? Please. Ah. Praise the Lord. First Samuel 17. Yes, please. I just want to show you certain things there. The dialogue between David and the Goliath. Yes. Okay. Verse 43, 42, 17, 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. He belittled him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. 43. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. Okay. I don't know anybody. Anybody tried to curse you before? What was the reaction? You were scared. You know, those witches and wizards, they said, I'll show you. Then you couldn't sleep. Then you were looking for pastor to pray for you. David didn't mind them. Because they could do nothing. He cursed them by his gods. Because costless will not come. No enchantment against Israel. No definition against Jacob. Uh, so why are you worrying yourself? Again, it's a matter of knowledge. So the man that is saying something will happen, this will not happen to you, he's doing it by his God, by his conviction. But my own conviction, my covenant partner, my covenant God, is superior to his own. And so I know he's wasting his time. The Bible says they devise a mischief which, which they are not able to perform. He said, look, I created the, uh, the blacksmith upon the calling fire to produce a tool for his works. So no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So why, why worry yourself? Why get distracted unnecessarily? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So he cursed him by his God. And the Philistines said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistines, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Now you can see the concept of the fellowship again. The name, and the, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Every, every time you hear the Lord of hosts, or of hosts, you are talking of the commanding officer, the chief commander. That's what it means, actually. I said, the God of Israel, whom you defied. So in other words, you are coming to battle with me. You should know you'll be contending. You'll be contending. My God, you are going to contend with my God. And that was what he came with too. That was his confidence. So he came and he cursed him by his gods. And what does that mean? To render him powerless. But that did nothing to him. So he told him point blank, I am coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of Israel that you have been defiled. Glory be to God in the highest. So you can begin to see the covenant there again. Uh, 
This day, then he replied, This day, the Lord, he said, I will cut you. I said, The Lord will deliver you into my hand. Covenant consciousness. The Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And that was it. And then, of course, he ran into the battle with five stones, small stones, and the, the swing and the the sling rather than the javelin and of course it brought him down so it does not matter where you are or what you have your knowledge of the covenant will see you through Amen. God will use you the way you are we use what you have to achieve his aim remember in Revelation 3 7 and 8 talking to the churches Philadelphia said I know you I know your works mm-hmm. he says look your strength is small but you have not denied my name. Mm. And you have kept my word. See, I have set before you an open door. Now, the strong and the mighty can't get doors open. But in spite of your little or no strength, I have opened the door. So, and when the door is open, what is left? Exploits. Praise the Lord. Can I say something here? I believe in them and I prophesy in the name of Jesus. From now on, in the name of Jesus, exploits. You will see things happen that you will know for yourself that mm -mm, this is God at work, not me. And I know it. Glory be to God in the highest. That is true. It's the story of my life. Oh yeah. I've seen troubles though. But I've seen victory. Wow. I've been restraining myself. I'm almost saying I feel the fire. I say that a lot. I just ah, I say I feel the fire. <laughs> I, did, I did. I felt it about three times. I just can't help back. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, I just wonder this kind of God. What kind of God is this God? You know you don't have the skills. You know you are not that intelligent. You know you're not that strong. And yet you're on top. And the world is healing you. And yet you know it's not you. And the same God, and this God that did it, just, he's just standing by watching you. How do you respond to that? People are saying, hey, you are, hey, but you know it's not you. What should be your response? My hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. My hallelujah, hey. That's why it says, Be careful for nothing. It's a covenant matter. But by prayers and supplications, with what? Thanks. Oh, make a request done to God. Sometimes I hear some things, I read some things in the Bible, and I wonder. Say, You'll be calling a city because you need help. You are trying to reach a city. Say cities that don't know. Not cities you don't know. Cities that don't know you. We rush you. It can only be covenant. True. 
So you can see that concept there. The Philistines and the covenant children of God. And he was coming asking for a champion. So it was the concept of headship. Now I haven't said that. So Adam was ahead as it were. And see what God did with Adam. He created him with absolute authority on earth. It was their care for that explained something in one of his commentaries. He said, when the devil rebelled in heaven, <laughs> and one fourth of the angels supported him, and there was war in heaven, and Michael and the rest fought him, and they cast him down. And then if you look at that part in the book of Revelations, it says, woe to you inhabitants of the earth. So he said, what do you expect? God created war. He created man and said, have dominion. You are the king. And then he cast down this troublemaker, this rebel that was trying to usurp his throne in heaven. He kicked him to earth. This guy is inordinately ambitious. He struggled with God. You think he will leave man alone? He said, God created war. So if your Christianity is not, does not entail war or battle, I don't think it's Christianity. I don't think so. That's why the Bible, if Paul will write, say, fight the good fight. Of faith. Amen. Uh -huh. With every prophecy that has been prophesied over your life, say, war, a good warfare. Yeah, yeah. That's Christianity. And why, 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 why the qualification good, good? Good means it's a war, but it's a war you've won before you started fighting. That again, that's a covenant knowledge. David knew he had won the war before he even approached Goliath. We're talking covenant now. Praise the Lord. Hmm. So that's the concept there. So Jesus, because through Adam, yeah, my time. What time is it? Pastor. Can I? 15 more minutes? 15? I will rush. See, why? Because God created to rule. You know how I got there? I said, by creation, I'm to rule. Then, you know, through Adam, my four, 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 I lost it. By redemption, I'm to rule. So God created a ruler, created a leader. And so when I pick the mic, I'm talking to leaders. Uh, anybody, anybody, anybody with a problem with that? You have a problem with the fact that you're a leader? You're a leader. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In Genesis chapter 1, I'll just quote the places quickly. Just to let you know that he created to rule. Um, look at verse 17. Genesis 1, 17, talking about the sun and the moon. God said, okay now, 16. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule. Even the sun. The greater light to rule. Over the, and the day and the... Uh, Yes, and the other one over the night to divide the light from the darkness and, and God saw that it was true. 
Yeah, let me go back to yeah, no 16. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, yes, and the lesser light to rule the night. So he made the stars also. Now watch this. When the sun is shining, can anybody say sun? You dare not. No, you can cover yourself all you want. The sun will keep on shining. Now look at look at look at covenant understanding. David again. I believe, yeah, David. The sun shall not smite me by day. Neither the moon by night. Because they have the power to rule. To bless. So they can't do otherwise. Why? Because I'm created with dominion over everything. So you see the fish and the fowl. Though not using the word rule or rain. It will say, look multiply feel so they feel their mediums each of them so they subjugate the environment then when it will make man that one i normally would like to turn to it 26 let us make an image after our likeness and according to our likeness other and let them have yeah good good i like people to see it let them have what dominion 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 over the fish of the sea and over the fall of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over that's why so I settled it within me that I'm created for the over and above life that was what God made how be it in Adam and when Jesus will redeem us Ephesians chapter 2 I'll show you quickly. Praise the Lord. Amen. I say praise the Lord. Amen. From verse 4. Uh, yeah. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together. Alive together. Alive together with Christ by grace you are saved. You have been saved. And raised us up together. So you can see what Jesus did. He quickened you. Made you alive. And raised you up. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you can see that um, <laughs> together and made us that sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And of course as you read on for example in Romans chapter 5. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus said the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do. Come and have an encounter with the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God at work in the life of Pastor Adama Segbeji this Sunday 10 a.m. at Solution Chapel International, Barnfield Road, Northgate Crawley, RH10-8DS or call 01293-885-000 for more information or on the web at solutionchapel.org. Solution Chapel International, home of signs, wonders, and miracles.